0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Espresso Jams Entrepreneurial Journeys. Today my guest is Rusty Gaylard, and he is a highly regarded executive leadership coach, coaching senior executives to lead with personal power. Former worldwide director of finance at Apple, Rusty blends decades of hands-on leadership experience with life coaching principles to help leaders be bold, decisive, and action-orientated. Rusty is also the author of the best-selling book, Breaking the Code, and is a sought-after speaker, trainer, and transformational coach. Welcome to the show, Rusty.
1: Thanks, Joe. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you here. And um, where do you hail from today?
1: I am just outside of San Francisco, near Palo Alto, in a town called Redwood City.
0: Red, I've heard of Redwood City. Beautiful.
1: It uh, is. In, in fact, the sign on the uh, as you drive into Redwood City, it says climate best by government test. <laughs> so it's a nice can place we trust to
0: trust that. Is that OK? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I trust it living here.
0: <laughs> OK, <laughs> that's what counts. Then I trust it, too. Great. So, Rusty, um, you're an executive leadership coach today, but you didn't start out that way, did you? You're listening to Espresso Jams. Short, concentrated, delicious conversations about business, technology, and entrepreneurship. If you're just starting out on your business adventure or you're a seasoned business professional, I'm sure you'll find value in these short conversations. Espresso Jams is brought to you by Apexable, providing the tools, insights, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your host, Joe Matz, let's get started. No, I did not. So let's go back a little bit and how you began, a little bit about your journey, and then we'll get into how you help others on their journey.
1: Absolutely. I grew up in a household where my dad put on a suit and carried a briefcase and went to the office every day. He worked in the same company for 35 years, and his model of a good career was exactly that, find a good company, be loyal to them, stay there and spend your whole career there. Uh, so I didn't exactly follow that. I studied engineering in college and my first job was at General Electric when Jack Welch was CEO, uh, it was a great company to work for, uh, it was really seen at the time as the leadership training ground for a lot of corporate America. And I was, th- I was there for five years, uh, discovered, although I started my career in engineering, I discovered that I loved learning about engineering and studying engineering in school. I did not so much like practicing it as a job. So I moved away towards from that, uh, moved to California when I went to business school at Stanford and have been here ever since. Uh, okay. After um, a little detour, I, I stopped and landed at Apple in 2005 and spent 14 years there. So I uh, was very much in that one company for a lot of years mindset and really did well there. And it was a fantastic company to work for uh, until at some point I figured out that it wasn't where I wanted to spend my whole career. And that's ultimately the, the point at which I started looking for something else and finally found my way to executive coaching.
0: What was it that, that, after 14 years, that made you think that you weren't in the right place for yourself?
1: Uh, Apple was a wonderful company. It still is a wonderful company. Uh, I liked working there. The people were fantastic. It was a great time to be there. It, so it, it many in many respects, it was a wonderful job. What I learned at some point was that I no longer wanted to climb the ladder at Apple. I was sad as I didn't want more responsibility. And that was new for me because if you had talked to me 10 years before, I would have said, I'm going to be CEO of Apple or a company like Apple. But I no longer had that ambition to keep moving up the ranks of the organization. And once I didn't have that, I started questioning, well, then what am I accomplishing here? Uh, I had a, a great job and a stable job, and I likely could have stayed there for much longer. But I wanted to do something that I felt was having more impact and more meaning. Uh, Apple, of course, is a giant company. And while everybody's important at a large company, I felt like if I disappeared for whatever reason, the company would carry on just perfectly fine without me. And I wanted to do something where I felt I had a little bit more impact. And so that's what I was looking for.
0: As you were speaking, I got the idea of you climbing the corporate ladder and then switching ladders and climbing your own ladder of success.
1: That's exactly right, uh, and you know, there's there's the little uh, quip, you know, using that analogy that so many people climb, 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 and there's working so hard to get to the top, only to realize they're on the wrong ladder.
0: Right. Uh, I use and, the mountain exact uh, the mountain analogy for that. You can um, climb, 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 and then you realize at the top of the mountain, the view isn't what you expected. Not what. Absolutely.
1: You want. Uh, it, it, you know, so I so I send out a, a weekly leadership email to the the people on my list. And I just happened to send one out this week today about an as we're, as we're recording this, it just went out today and it was about uh, an experience that I had last week, which was checking an item off of my life list. Uh, You know, other people call it a bucket list, but I like to call it a life list. Uh, And I checked an item off my life list and my honest experience was it wasn't as earth shattering as I thought it would be. Uh, and it's a little bit like that. It's, you know, it's like, hey, you're looking up the mountain and you're saying, I really want to get up this mountain. I'm going to go and I'm going to put all this time and energy and effort into it. And then you get to the top. And as you said, the view may not be what you expect it to be.
0: Right. It's very important to know what mountain you're climbing, why you're climbing it, and what you expect to see when you get up there. And that's not too difficult, I think, Rusty, if, if you take a step back and look at things that you don't look at every day and talk with people who have had that experience. And that's why I love sharing experiences and, and I love your story. It's so so common, yet very uncommon also.
1: That's true. Uh, you know, when I was leaving Apple, a lot of people looked at me like, why would you be leaving this company? It's a great company and you have a great job. And yes, that was true. But I was leaving it because I wanted to twitch to a different ladder or climb a different mountain. But I will also say that I've definitely worked with clients who were questioning whether or not they were climbing the right mountain. But in fact, what they found was it wasn't the that they were on the wrong mountain, but perhaps they were taking the wrong path or they had too much stuff in their pack or there were other things that were slowing them down and making it feel much harder. Uh, so they weren't sure they were enjoying it. But part of the work that I do with people is to say, hey, it's not just the work that you're doing, it's how you're approaching that work and how you're thinking about that work. And if you can change those things, you might find that while you originally thought you wanted to change jobs or change careers, you might find as you start taking more personal responsibility for your experience and being more of a leader of based on your values and showing up and doing the things that you're best at. When you start to do those things, you might find, wow, it's not really my job or my career at all. It was just the way I was doing it. And when you can make that shift, then in some cases, there's no mountain. You don't have to switch to a different mountain. You can actually continue on the path you've been on.
0: Right. Now, that makes a lot of sense because a lot of what we do and and how we approach our journey through life is is perspective Mm -hmm. and expectations. And sometimes we have things in our mind, in our way, that things have to be this way. But they don't. They don't have to be that way. Like your story with your father, whose idea of success was held by, by many people. Go to college, get a degree, go to job, get a job, stay at that job. You take care of the company, the company will take care of you. Mm-hmm. Which was blown to whatever word you want to use, <laughs> was blown to blank, blank, blank in recent years, relatively recent years. And it became the age, I once heard someone say, it became the age of you incorporated.
1: Yeah, and that that has the possibility of getting very like egocentric and I don't think that's really the idea behind that comment. The idea behind that comment is really that you need to take responsibility for your career and what, what you want out of your career. Um, you're absolutely right that so much of it is perspective because that was the environment that I grew up in. That's what I expected a career to look like. It's one of the reasons I did spend 14 years at Apple because that's what a good career looks like is to spend in my mind. And so to me, I had a real perspective shift I had to make to think about starting my own business. And I'll tell you, that was not easy. Because I had always worked in big companies. My dad had always worked in big companies, like the people around me, because I tended to associate with a lot of people that worked in big companies. So I, you know, I, of course I went to business school at Stanford and they're entrepreneurs and so on, but it was, that was always, oh, they're different than I am, right? They've got the entrepreneurial bug, which I don't have. I'm a big company kind of person. So it was a huge perspective change. And I will tell you that when you change your perspective like that, it can be very uncomfortable. And that perspective change, again, just to say it doesn't have to be to go from working at a big company to starting your own business. That's not the only perspective change we're talking about. It could be the perspective change of how do you show up at work? Do you feel like you have to suit up and be professional and uh, buttoned up? Or can you really be your full self? Can you have fun? Can you laugh? While you're at work? Or does it all have to be serious and task oriented? These are examples of perspectives that shifts, perspective shifts that can happen that can change your experience of work in a way that says, oh, wow, climbing this mountain that I thought was so difficult and so challenging. All of a sudden, it's starting to feel easier for me because you're climbing in a different way. You're changing your perspective.
0: Climbing in a different way. Yeah. You know, I went through some of that myself. My first 14 years in business after college, I wore a suit every day. Every day I had on a suit and a tie and buttoned up. and I was told, in this business, you need to dress like a banker. Bankers dressed in suits and ties. So I dressed in suits and ties. I was very rigid. I was accused of, well, uh, that's that's putting it the wrong way, and I walked straight. I walked straight partly because of a back problem, partly because that's how you walk. If you're in business, you're, you know, and um, I let that go at a certain point, and it was so much more relaxing. I, I got out of that, and I started... Uh, One of the things I did was I I taught languages and I would just wear a shirt. I just maybe some, maybe a polo. I like polo shirts, button downs, but I got rid of the tie. I got rid of the suit and it was so much better. It was so much more relaxed, so much more me. And recently I decided I I could even be more me, let's say. And um, I do lives on Facebook and they're very casual. They're informative. They're casual. They're not all stuffy. I may still be on that path. I may still have some some traveling to do along that path.
1: Well, well, I I think we all do, Joe, and I think that's the that's the that that's the adventure and that's the exciting part about a career and about life is this idea that we are always growing and learning, and there's such an opportunity to continue to be more and more yourself. You know, I I, I will tell you that one of the as you did my introduction, we talked about this idea of personal power. Mm. And that's not power over another person. That's power from the sense of when you are being the person that you, your best self, when you're being the person you know you can be and bringing the most value to the table, that's the kind of power I'm talking about, where you show up with some willingness to be yourself, right? And that's all the way from how you dress, it's how you walk, it's how you speak in meetings. Uh, You know, in my own personal experience, I used to be very goal-oriented, very task-oriented, So I was always saying, hey, let's focus on what the business problem is that we're trying to solve. And that was very effective. I generated a lot of results. But it wasn't as fun as those people who are talking about, hey, how was your weekend? Uh, And relaxing a little bit and joking and building friendships and relationships. You know, my relationships were all around the work. And these are things that, again, this is just a perspective. And if you had talked to me at the time, I would have vehemently defended my approach. Yes, of And course. I would have said, well, <laughs> that's the way you do it. We're at work. They don't pay me to talk about the weekend. They're paying me to get stuff done. Uh, so, you know, it, it, we all have that perspective. And the, it, the part of the challenge is even acknowledging that it's perspective as opposed to truth. Because when you see it that way, that's just, you come to believe that's how it is.
0: That's how it is. You dress like a banker. That was my truth. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That I, and I would have I would have defended that position, yes, to the ends of the earth. Yeah.
1: Yes. Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, so interesting. So when you broke from corporate and you started your own business, what what knowledge, experience and expertise did you bring with you from your years in corporate? Would you like to get in front of more of your ideal clients and at the same time, build your brand and create evergreen content? Well, you can do that with podcast guesting. This very moment, you're listening to a podcast that may have been published today or three weeks ago or three years ago. In a very real sense, you're engaging with the speakers, hopefully enjoying yourself and learning something new at the same time. And you're getting to know the guests and how they help their clients, their customers, and the problems that they solve. You may even be their ideal client and want to learn more about them and download one of their free resources you can find in the show notes or maybe even become a client of theirs. See, when you're a guest on a podcast, you will enjoy that same kind of engagement. It is perhaps the easiest, most cost-effective way to get in front of new audiences. Learn how you can be a guest on the right podcast and engage with your ideal clients with the free resources available at Gapologist.com.
1: Well, the knowledge, experience, and expertise is really about being a business leader, leading other people, being a manager, uh, just the experience of being in such a diversity of business environments, and also... Uh, being in a high growth company. You know, I was, I started Apple in 2005 before the iPhone was announced and I was there for 14 years. So it was a massively growing and scaling company during those years. So I brought all of that experience of real life, practical business experience. So that is what I brought with me from my past career. But what I went out and sought and added to the portfolio, if you will, was coaching principles and tools. Uh, I had done all sorts of personal development just of my own from reading and therapy and other kinds of things. But I wanted to actually be qualified and trained and confident about bringing some coaching principles to the table. And so I went out to get trained and certified as a coach. And what's really unique about the way I approach work is I bring a combination of 20 plus years of corporate business experience and leadership plus coaching principles, life coaching principles, uh, leadership coaching, coaching principles. And I bring those things together to say, look, how do you apply them in a given situation? Because theory is great, right? If you just have the principles, theory is one thing, but you know, that doesn't actually make a difference in the world. What makes a difference is not the theory, it's the application, you actually have to do something different. And because I have so much experience working in business environments, it's how to bring theory and practice together to help people actually take action and move forward in their career.
0: Right. And I think that's so important that you do have the actual experience. And then on top of that, you apply the coaching principles. And I see a lot of coaches, because it's a very unregulated industry, Mm -hmm. uh, who don't have that experience. And they might only have the coaching course that took um, a weekend or 13 months or, or two years. But and they got certified, so that that's so important. I I really do appreciate that about about you, Rusty. I appreciate that about you and and your business and and how you do things.
1: Thanks, Joe. Yeah, and- I I agree. You know, it's the the people that I work with are have significant leadership roles, right? And so they've 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 got. People who are depending on them, they've got a business that's depending on them. And I've been in those positions and having somebody who understands the push and the pull and the pressure of that situation and can help bring a different perspective. Uh, And it's, you know, it's helping them crack through that because I can, it's not, I'm not saying my way is the right way. Right, and it's not really about that, but it's helping people to see a different perspective and find their way. Because ultimately, it's not about what I think is right. It's not about what you think is right. It's about for each person living their life to find the right path for themselves. To say, how do you become an even more effective version of yourself, so that you can show up with even more power, more influence, more impact in terms of impacting the people around you, both from a business standpoint and from a personal standpoint. Because that's ultimately what we're here for.
0: Right, and everyone is on their own. In the- individual journey and each journey is unique so you can offer suggestions offer perspectives but i think each person needs to take that internalize that and and put it into the mix of their personality and what they want to achieve and where they come from and and take that in and come out with their own unique expression of it
1: yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I that I am good at is helping people to see where their beliefs are and how that might be limiting them. I mean, I just I I so remember one conversation I had with somebody where we were talking about we were in this case, we were talking about career change and some steps that he could take to move forward. And he said, well, I'm a naturally skeptical person. And I thought that was such an interesting comment. And I said, oh, OK, well, how's that working for you? Is that helping you achieve your goals to be skeptical? Or is it holding you back? Uh, it's probably keeping you safe because you're not trying some things because you're skeptical of them. But is it actually helping you to achieve what you say you wanted to achieve? And so, one of the, like I'm looking for little bits of language, little patterns of ha- uh, behavior, looking for those things in the conversations that I have with people to help them find what are their habits that might be standing in their way of say- achieving what it is that they say that they want. And then then it becomes a decision for that person. Look, you say you want X, but you're doing Y, which may be preventing you from really achieving X. Are you willing to to look at that? Are you willing to consider a different way? Are you willing to try it as an experiment and say, what if I did something different and just assess in my own life if that feels like it's helping me make more progress towards achieving X?
0: Yes. I like the experiment word because you're Mm -hmm. not asking people to change we're not asking people to jump off a cliff to have never even jumped off the curb. Um, you're asking people to experiment. It's almost like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't get the words not coming to me, but it's, it's almost like it, you're, you're, you're doing a, a research project. This is not permanent. This is something we're trying. It's just an experiment. Give this perspective a try or give this action a try. I love it. Cause it's, yeah. it, you, you, you make it easy to make the small change, that small adjustment. And if it's yeah. just mm-hmm. an experiment, it's just an experiment.
1: Absolutely. You know, lowering the stakes is one of the things that I do with my with my clients all the time. It's like, hey, what? Rather than make this, as you said, this is a change and it's going to affect my whole life and so on. It's you know, you make it this big deal. Lower the stakes. How can you find a way to make this uh, to experiment with this change in behavior? in a way that you, for you feels reasonable, right? Do it for a day, do it for a week, do it and only in certain circumstances or with certain people, but find a way that you can experiment with different approaches, different perspectives, different ways of behaving and showing up. Uh, I have, I have another example is, is a client of mine who back to what we were saying earlier, showed up at work very buttoned up. And every time he met with senior people in the company, he thought he had to be very formal. He had to, he thought he'd be very smart and intellectual, but this person was a very creative nonlinear thinker and his best work was he clearly was smart and intellectual, but his best work was when he combined that with his creative nonlinear, almost philosophical approach to problems, to problem solving. But he didn't do any of that with the executives because he thought he had to be buttoned up and all intellectual. So he did an experiment and he started to bring a little bit more of that creative part of him into meetings. And Challenge some of the executives and asked questions that were from a totally different perspective, shifting the nature of the conversation. And within a week of doing this, he started getting invitations and requests and calls from other people at the company who said, oh my gosh, this guy's a really strategic thinker. How do I bring him in and engage him on the team? Because he demonstrated his core competency, what he was best at. What he previously had been hiding because he thought that's not what was expected of him. So just another example of what it looks like to actually bring forward a part of your best self.
0: I, I love that example. In fact, he might be my brother from another mother. <laughs> I, I've been waiting to use that phrase for a year, but he <laughs> is that that's kind of what happened to me? Yeah, I had to, not only was my suit buttoned up, but my personality was buttoned up also.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and ultimately, uh, you know, I I'm gonna zoom out from the from the experimentation idea that we were talking about here. And to some extent, you can say life is a grand experiment, right? There's no right way or wrong way to do life. It's you know, it's an accumulation of experiences. And for most of us, the things that we remember tend to be the things that go really well and the things that go really badly. And, you know, why not accumulate a bunch of memories in your life and lower the bar a little bit. There's no right way to do it. There's no right path, but lower the bar and be willing to go for what it is that you believe you want to choose that mountain that you want to climb. If it's not the one you're on or to choose the way you're climbing the
0: mountain. Right. And and this can be in business can be in life. I had an experience with my wife a few years ago, we were looking to, to go on a trail and go hiking we wanted to limit our weight and our cooking stuff. So we found this little tiny stove that you could burn twigs and it would make a lot of heat and cook your food. And you didn't have to carry fuel. Big weight savings. So we go out to test it. And it says, you know, burn the twigs. We're like getting these little twigs and, and trying to light the fire and trying to get heat. It doesn't work. We can't find twigs. We end up we end up finding pine straw and trying to light the pine straw on fire. And we, we ran out of that. It wasn't working. So we got some pine cones and we broke up the pine cones and tried to cook those. And An hour and a half later, we were eating lukewarm soup. (laughs) And we said, that was fun. Uh, We're not going to do that anymore. (laughs) That experiment did not work. We were very hungry, but we were close to home. We had to test that idea that we had, that inspiration. And it didn't work out, but the risk was very low. And And I like to talk about the dip the toe in the water. Um, uh, process, take it easy. Your experiment is, 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 is perfect. That's perfect. It's make lower the barrier. I, I, I love that. That's great. You lower the barrier to the change. And if it works out, that's great. If it doesn't work out, Hey, you didn't put up much time, effort, energy, and risk to try it out.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that the, there's so many people who, have one way that they think about work. And what we're talking about is there's so many ways to think about work, even in the same job, don't change jobs. Don't even think about that. But just even in the context of what you're doing today, just get creative for a moment and think about all the different ways, all the things that you could change in the way you're doing your work. How many meetings could you say no to? How many uh, new ideas do you have that you haven't actually brought forward to tackle? Uh, how many times are you have you brought your phone or your computer to check email and stay connected while you're on vacation? Right. Start to think about these things and say, well, where are the ways that I can make little adjustments as experiments to see what works for me? What if I brought forward another idea? What if I told my boss this thing that my boss has been doing that really isn't working with me and I want my boss to be doing differently? What if I venture into that conversation instead of avoid it? These are all the kinds of things that, When you start to get thoughtful about how it is that you're doing your work, not just what work you're doing, but how you're doing your work, and get creative about it and start to do some experiments, you can start to learn, wow, this thing that really bothered me about work that was so stressful for me, there's actually something I can do about that, and I can make a change, and now it doesn't bother me so much, and all of a sudden your whole experience of work can be different. And by the way, when you do that, you will be more effective, because... Who's going to be more effective, the person who's stressed in their job or the person who's enjoying their job and is creative and relaxed and happy, right? I think we all know intuitively you want the creative, relaxed, happy person at work because they're going to be getting more done than the person who's running around stressed all the time with their hair on fire.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little about your book that you wrote, Breaking the Code. Sounds like we've, we've gotten into some of those principles in our conversation here
1: we absolutely have you know it's it's core to the work that i do and the code in this example and the in the title of the book breaking the code what the code refers to is almost like our programming as we've been talking about right you know to some extent my i was programmed to believe a career looked a certain way based on my dad wearing a suit and carrying a briefcase to work every day and that was my programming that was my code and i had to break that in order to go off and start my own business. But it's the same thing we we're talking about with you wearing a suit and being buttoned up, not just in the clothing you were wearing, but also in your personality. And that was a bit of programming. It has to, you have to break the code in order to actually see a whole new level of change. And when you do the the reason, to, when you do, you can achieve something beyond what you thought you could achieve. The reason to break the code, the reason to do these experiments is not just for fun, it's to look at the areas that are not looking, not working the way you want them to in your career and your life and to say, what does success look like? Figure out what success looks like and then be willing to break your programming, break the code, take some different steps and experiment to see how can I actually achieve this new level of success that you have defined for yourself?
0: Yeah, that's great. And Rusty, this has been an awesome conversation. What exciting things can you share with our guests today?
1: Well, a couple of things. One is just this: the the outline of the process for how to do what we've been talking about is in the book, Breaking the Code. So certainly, uh, if you're interested in that, you want to learn more about it, you can check that out on my website at RustyGaylor.com. You can get the first couple chapters for free, and there's a link to the book on Amazon. Um, But the other thing that uh, I really believe very strongly in is to spend some of that time to figure out what does success look like for you? And as a leader, one way to, to start that process is to get clear on what are your values. Because your values really drive your behavior. And you want to be clear on what your values are. And you know, when you write your values, some of that is what is important to you today, but some of it is also aspirational, right? So we talked about, for example, being more of yourself at work, more of your full self. That authenticity could be a value that is both reflected in your current behavior but it's also aspirational for you to continue getting more and more authentic yeah. so I use that as an example but that's uh, values are something that are so very important and uh, that is also something that I'd be happy to offer your listeners uh, is a free values worksheet this is something I use with my clients when I'm beginning with them to help them articulate their values and then write them down and have them with them as they navigate their day So and that's, to-
0: that's great we'll have the link in the show notes. For that. That's, Excellent. That's awesome. You know, well, almost three decades ago, Rusty, I woke up at about four o'clock in the morning and I grabbed a piece of paper and I just started writing down values. Values that were important or at least had some significance to me. I came up with more than 50. Mm-hmm. That's too much to work with, I thought. And so I I broke it down to five. Well, I broke it down to 10. And then I broke the 10 down into the, the most important five values that my life stands for at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I define those values. So one of the mm-hmm. values was family. And then I defined what family meant to me. Um, I defined personal development was one of the values. And then I defined what personal development meant to me. Mm-hmm. That work and those three hours that morning, three decades ago, has been so important to my life. So I would encourage everyone to, if you haven't done this, or you need to review your values, because that was three decades ago. In my case, I think they need to be reviewed once in a while. Check out the download that we have for you in the show notes and get in touch with Rusty and and have a look at his book. You get the first few chapters for free. What do you got to lose, right?
1: (laughs) That's right. Do an experiment. Read it and see what you think.
0: That's right. And how can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you, Rusty?
1: Uh, My website is a great place. It's RustyGaylord.com. It's G-A-I-L-L-A-R-D is my last name, Rusty Gaylord. And I'm also on LinkedIn all the time. So uh, either one of those places is a great way to reach out.
0: Okay, super. I so much appreciate you sharing your, your wisdom and your knowledge with us here today, Rusty.
1: It's been a pleasure, Joe. Thanks for the conversation.
0: My pleasure. Bye now. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Espresso Jams. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on your preferred channel and never miss another episode. If you'd like more business tips on technology, entrepreneurship, and doing better, you can find me on LinkedIn at Joe Matz, that's J-O-E-M-A-T-Z, or go to my website at pexible.com. That's apex-able.com. I'm your host, Joe Matz, wishing you an awesome day.